Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! Hi, and welcome back to Point Break Minute. Hi. I'm Jessalo. I'm Marin Kennedy. This is a special bonus episode. Bonus. Where we talk about the 2015 <laughs> illegitimate version of Point Oh, it's Break. like a, a bastard movie? It's the bastard, it's the bastard child. <laughs> the real Edmund from King Lear. Uh, it's like, it's resentful of its brother. All just like trying to oh. take advantage. Sure. That's, cause that's what <laughs> bastards do in Shakespeare plays. They're inherently evil. Just like this movie. Just like... Well, today we are going to talk about this bastard child, break it down a little bit. No, I won't do that. And <laughs> I was going to do like a DJ, like break it down thing, like DJ Steve. Like DJ Steve. But I, I can't. It would have been you'll, bad. You'll get to learn who DJ Steve is. <laughs> Such an important character. Yeah. When you break this movie down. So, Miranda, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So, yeah, we're doing Point Break 2015. So I guess I'll just go a little bit into the plot here, uh, just a little bit. We don't want to go through the whole thing. We we did we tried doing this before, and I just went through the whole plot. And it uh, see we're used to doing minute by minute episodes, right, Jessa? Mm-hmm. And this is our first time trying to do a whole movie in one episode, and it didn't go so well. It so was we're six doing hours a, long. It was. It felt like six hours long. It felt like more than that. I would say it felt like a day. A whole day of just like breaking down the plot of this movie, which is only, you know, an hour some minutes long. So we're trying this again. This is a new approach. So basically this this movie is only like the original point break in its very outer shell, I yeah. would say. The the phrase point break is, it doesn't even mean the they, same thing. They changed the meaning of the word point break because there's almost no surfing in this movie. It's not a surfing movie. Uh, it's it's There's surfing sometimes, but it's more of an all-around extreme sports movie. We'll get to that. Um, so basically, the, the outline is there's there's the gang. There's a guy named Johnny Utah. Although except it's, that's not his name. Except it's not his real name. That's not his name. <laughs> his name is Johnny Brigham. Yeah. And his friends call him Johnny Utah as a nickname. So, Martin and I are watching this movie, and when he says, my name's Brigham, sir, or whatever he says, because that's how we find out his name. Yeah, when he's, you know, in the beginning, the beginning kind of follows a similar pattern for a little bit. Like, it starts with, uh, how does it No, it doesn't even start the same way. No, no, it doesn't start the same same thing. I forgot. It starts with the the, the dirt bike scene. You know, that ever-important... Dirk dirt bike scene or Dirk bike scene. The Dirk, Dirk, I'm Dirk bike. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it starts with a dirt biking sequence with uh Luke. So we okay, we're go, we're going all over the place here. We got to settle it down. It starts with a dirt biking scene. Luke Bracy, that famous actor, Luke Bracy plays Johnny, and he's with his friend, played by Max Thoreau Terrio, his friend Jeff. From Catch That Kid. <laughs> From Catch That Kid fame. Uh, he's a real star. Uh, he gets a he gets a real thank, thankless role here. Yeah. Max Therio. Uh, so they're, as you'll find out, they're, they're traversing through the ridgeline uh, in sort of this deserty area. Looks like, you know, 
somewhere in maybe in Utah, mm-hmm. somewhere or maybe like the Mojave or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going through. They're having a good old time being uh, extreme sports athletes, extreme sports poly athletes, I should say, yeah. which is what they are. Uh, and they're they're going along and uh, they're kind of hanging out, being bros. And there, there's a helicopter filming them for like a you know a, a video, I guess, like a dirt bike video. Yeah. And then uh, basically um, Johnny is doing this line on this ridge and Jeff is following him, Johnny and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And he makes this jump sort of onto this plateau and Jeff tries to follow him. Jeff jumps up, lands on the plateau, but he overshoots it a little bit and he's on the edge. He's about to fall. Johnny's like, you know, trust me, man. You, you trust me. Give me your hand doing that sort of thing. But he falls. And they just, they extreme too hard. They extreme too extremely. Uh, and it's very sad. We've uh, this character who's been just introduced and has had you know two minutes of screen time riding a dirt bike around is dead, and uh, we feel heartbroken. So they're dirt biking around, being dirt bikes, real dirt bikes, and then the, he dies, and the helicopters flying around, and Johnny's just destroyed by this. And he, this is what sort of introduces one of the themes of the movie, which Johnny feels like he's responsible for these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. He's you know he, Jeff was following him, and Jeff ended up dying because he was trying to do something that Johnny did because Johnny's just he's, he's too extreme he's he's a little more extreme than your average guy so some other people try to extreme like he does they end up dead yeah it's a hard life he has it's a theme through this movie and we're to understand that this is what motivates him to become an FBI agent in the original point break of course there the motivation is less clear it's less straight cut i would say you get a little you get some ideas here and there but Anyway, so he's, you know, we see him going through the FBI stuff uh, seven years later. um, With a voiceover and a title card that tells us seven years later. Yes. We get Delroy Lindo, who plays his uh, instructor, who's Mm -hmm. sort of doing his, uh, you know, he's hiring him and sort of taking him through the stuff and sort of asking the tough questions. Yeah. You know, when you saw the first Point Break movie or the only Point Break movie that should exist, (laughs) and you saw that character go, Utah. 100%. 100%. And then you wish that he was an entire character <laughs> yes. that was like, flushed out. We need to really expand the instructor character. Like, we'll, they combined that guy and the guy who, like, does the dropping the bricks to the bottom of the pool yeah. thing. It's like that guy. That character is, like, a whole character. He kind of replaces the uh, John C. McGinley character. But whereas John C. McGinley is, like, a real hard ass and sort of is an obstacle for our heroes, uh, Delroy Lindo is just kind of there. He's kind of he's mostly supportive, I would say, and he's sort of just like he's just kind of there. He's just kind of there. It's a real waste of Delroy. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see him kick a little more ass. Um, he would have, I think, he would have been a better Pappas. Maybe. I mean, Ray Winstone really gives it his all. <laughs> yeah. Ray Winstone plays Pappas. He's replacing the Gary Busey role, and he uh, he has big shoes to fill, and I would say he fills them. Not, like, not like a at toddler all. wearing his dad's shoes. Yeah, he... Uh, that's how much he fills them. Ray Winstone shows up, and he does his... He grumbles, and that's about it. You, you know, he does his Ray Winstone, like, Hey, what are you doing, you know, Johnny? What are you doing? I don't find him as grumbly as Murrin finds him, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was exaggerating, Jessa. He doesn't literally sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't find him as grumbly as you do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's no Nick Nolte. So anyway, Johnny is attending a briefing, and this is where we introduce the gang. The gang is introduced doing a skyscraper heist. 
where they're riding around on dirt bikes again or motorcycles, I guess. Yeah. And like this, you know, high up on this high rise and they're stealing diamonds, stealing diamonds on motorcycles. Yeah. Um, and wearing helmets. Yes. The helmets, instead of being the presidents and wearing or the dead presidents, what are they? The president? The, the, the ex-presidents. The ex-presidents. Dead prez. Rapper dead prez. Yeah. Um, instead of being the ex-presidents, they are and like having those weird rubber Halloween masks. They now have motorcycle helmets that have what looks like the Obey Andre the Giant um, plastered all over it, but is now what I thought was Obama, but is probably Jimmy Carter and the rest. Obama um, would have been appropriate. He yeah, was... but why would they have changed it to Obama and kind of, well, I, why would they have done anything? Because they, they, they changed his name and they changed. This is a very lazy homage to the original movie. They clearly, it's, it's never uh, a theme with the gang that they associate with presidents in any way. It's just kind of there in the beginning. They never mentioned it again. It's like a wink. Yeah, more. you never see those helmets again. Uh, they never call them the ex presidents again. They're not. They're not even really a gang. They're not. I mean, they, they're. We'll get to that. They're a gang. But they, I don't think they see themselves that way. Like not as like we're a bank robbing gang. They don't even rob. This is the closest they get to robbing a bank. Really? No, it's not. Oh yeah, they, I think I guess at the end they do. No, they rob a plane full of money. But that's not a bank. It's a plane. But they're not. This is semantics. They're not robbing a bank right now. They're they're robbing like a uh, jewelry facility. That's true. I guess that is different. Uh, In my mind, it's very similar, but I guess it's actually very it's different. Very different. <laughs> okay, yeah. Jesse, you would know. Um, so they do that, and they they jump out of this high rise on their motorcycles, and they have parachutes, and they fly down, and they escape, and it's awesome. And the the FBI has some very good security footage of this. It's almost like watching a movie. Almost like. So then that's when he gets introduced, and then there's sort of like, okay, there's these guys. We're trying to figure out where they are and what they're doing. So they send off rookie Johnny Utah off to France to meet up with Pappas, played by Ray Winstone. And they're going to be partners uh, in a international French Alps. They go to the Alps. They go all, all over the place, mostly Europe. It's very important to note, though, too, before you get much further... All of this so far, the idea that this gang is the gang they're looking for is all Johnny's idea. As a, he's not even a rookie yet. He's still a student FBI agent. He doesn't have his badge yet. Yeah. And he's going to learn from the best, Ray Winstone. Yeah. And then, Murren, tell us about why he thinks this gang is the gang because like johnny johnny believes that they are also extreme sports poly athletes because it takes one to know one. Oh, and also as jessa <laughs> just pointed to there's another thing that comes up at this point which is very important the ozaki eight a list of eight extreme ordeals to honor the forces of nature so what does anything have to do with anything in this movie, Murren? <laughs> yeah, so Johnny knows about the Ozaki 8, and he's like, I think these guys are trying to complete the Ozaki 8. Uh, the Ozaki 8, there's this guy named Ozaki. He was sort of like an eco-athlete, warrior, poly-extreme guy. 
And he had this idea about doing these eight big stunts to sort of honor the elements of the earth. And then in exchange for those, he would give something back to the earth. And he, think, and he, he died after completing only three. So, he, so Johnny thinks like, oh, these guys are trying to do it for real. But they're also taking money along the way, I guess. So that's, what are they doing with the money, Murrin? They're giving it back to the poor. Because they're a bunch of Robin Hoods. A bunch of regular old extreme Robin Hoods. <laughs> if only Robin Hood did extreme sports. Actually, I think that new Robin Hood movie might be kind of close to that. Mm. <laughs> with Taron Edgerton. I'm, with, and, and, ja- and Jamie Foxx as the sheriff. <laughs> that's going to be something. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, don't watch the trailer. Mm. I saw, I overheard, I might have, I mentioned this at some point, it really amused me. There's this guy who was talking about the new Robin Hood, and he's like, yeah, it looks like it might be pretty good. You know, not as good as the Kevin Costner one, but, you know, we'll see. I've just literally <laughs> felt all the muscles in my face just, like, drop in yeah, disappointment. Our essence as film snobs was, was uh, in danger of coming out in full force. Yeah. <laughs> but I kept my mouth shut. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Robin, they're a bunch of Robin Hoods. They give back to the poor. So uh, Johnny's going out. They're going to go check out these guys, try to catch them. Uh, in the meantime, we get stunt number two, which is them. They uh, smuggle themselves onto an airplane, which has two big bales of money. And they break out of these boxes. They open up the hatch of the airplane. They throw the money out. And they cut it open. And then they're just, like, scattering the bills through the air. They're skydiving through hundreds of bills of money. It's kind of cool. The money falls on a bunch of poor people. They they aimed that just right. Yeah. I was really disappointed that they decided because the one of the best scenes in Point Break is the scene where um, they skydive out of the airplane. Like, that's yes. so stressful. Well, there's two There's two scenes where, well, we haven't gotten to all of those yet. But there are two scenes where they skydive. There's the first one, which is just kind of a joyous... I'm meaning the, the second The scene. second one, where it's like the stakes are as high as can be. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and crazy. And... They're both good scenes. They are, but they decided to put that end scene now in the beginning of the movie where there are zero stakes. And it's just all exposition. It's all just showing, like, hey, they're doing this. That's it, it, this. Every, everything in this movie, they felt like, okay, how we're gonna make this, you know, improve on the original. I feel like they were thinking, like, okay, we're gonna have to give everything a purpose. So, like, instead of just skydiving, there because was... they're skydiving, they're like, okay, they're skydiving to steal money. And I guess they're kind of doing that in the original too. They're a hundred percent doing that in the original. I don't know. It's just it's just better. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's better <laughs> because they've developed, they've like introduced the characters at that point, and this at this point we have we haven't even seen these people's faces. Yes. So they do that, and then uh, we get to the th- the third stunt, which is going to be uh, the surfing one. And uh, Johnny thinks like, okay, there's this one of the Ozaki Eight uh, that is surfing, and I, I guess it's just surfing. It's surfing a big wave. That's it. I guess. Yeah. It's, there's nothing really more to it, as far as I could tell. So he's like, okay, there's going to be this huge swell off the coast of France, and we're going to, they're probably going to go there. It's going to be off the coast a little ways, which is unusual, I guess, and they go out there. So he, uh, Johnny and uh, Pappas go out there on a boat. And, uh, and it basically looks like a modern-day water world that they've created out there, but oh, not God. even that cool. 
Like, wow, that's harsh. Yeah, it's like this giant yeah, guess, multi-story yacht and like some barges and some like dinghies. I guess Waterworld is kind of cool, like externally. Yeah, Waterworld's like, super cool. Externally. It's like Mad Max on water. Exactly. In in practice, it it falls it's, flat, but yeah. it, you know. By the way, if you've ever been to Universal Studios in uh, California. Go see their Waterworld show. You just may get wet. Oh, really? You might, is there water there? Yeah. They're, they do a whole entire... Have I not told you about how I saw their live Waterworld show before <laughs> I, I saw I the Waterworld movie? I don't remember this. So you saw the live show before seeing the movie? Yeah, it's basically like Disney on ice, but instead <laughs> it's like Waterworld in a pool. <laughs> yeah. People ride around on jet skis I'm imagining and imagining it's, a, the it's like a fairly large pool, not just like a, yeah. a backyard pool. <laughs> yeah, no. It's a very large pool, and they splash the audience on their jet skis and basically reenact Waterworld, but kind of different. um and it's really silly that sounds amazing yeah now i'm just imagining like a backyard pool and like having mice reenact it with little tiny boats i mean yeah (laughs) yeah sure okay (laughs) i mean that water world yeah anyway we're we're in a water world here uh it's a real watery time and there's a bunch of boats out and they're all kind of it's like a big party on the ocean and mm-hmm. uh, Johnny and Pappas get out there on a boat, uh, and there's there's kind of like all these little kind of cheaper looking boats, and then there's like one big like awesome yacht, multi story yacht. Yeah, and uh, so they're doing that, and then Johnny's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go out and surf the wave." And Pappas is like, "Have you ever surfed anything like this before?" And he's like, "No," but he's extreme, so he's gonna do it anyway. And he's honestly really like a pretty good surfer for what looks like no, a pretty good surfer. No, Johnny Utah in this movie is an extreme sports poly athlete as we've said, which is a thing that exists as far as I know. And he's just kind of good at everything. Like yeah. everything that he needs to do in this movie, he knows how to do. Yeah. Whereas in the original, you know, Johnny doesn't know how to surf at all and he has to learn and that's, you know, compelling character building. In this he already this knows how to do everything. It sucks. Yeah, it's just not good. Uh so he does it and then meanwhile there's another guy also surfing the wave. It might be the Bodhi character. What? So basically, uh, the Bodhi character, and everyone's like making a big deal about how, like, oh, he's stealing his wave, and it's like, well, how would, like, how would you know who's, like, how are they taking like, turns? It doesn't even look like he's stealing the wave. Like, it literally looks there's no, like, yeah, there's no system here. There is no system. It's lawlessness. It's completely lawless. So I don't see how they could be outraged about this. And it looks like it's totally fine. Like. There's both surfing, and there's, like, one behind the other. They're not really getting in each other's way. But what happens is, Johnny is a little out of his element, just like Donnie from The Big Lebowski. Uh, You're out of your element. Uh, So he he gets hit by the wave, and he goes underwater, and uh, the other guy, whoever he is, swims down and saves his life. Yep. So then we got cut to later that night, and uh, Johnny is hanging out, and he's sort of like just coming back to con- oh. yeah some cat shenanigans, cat nanigans. Johnny is coming to, and he's hanging out, and he has a towel around him, and there's these guys around him, and what do you know? They're the gang we're looking for. I mean, it's not said right away, but it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Edgar Ramirez. He plays the Bodie character. Uh, we got and we got some other guys, and they play the other characters. This is a whole ragtag gang of, you know, we've got 
Edgar Ramirez from Venezuela. We've got other guy from Germany. The, it's it's multinational. Yeah. Yeah, they're from all over the world because they're extreme sports poly athletes, and you know they they come from wherever, and they just they get along. I feel like your reasoning for everything right now is because they're extreme <laughs> because, sports poly athletes. I mean, it's a it's a bulletproof answer for just about any question. In this movie, <laughs> like, yes. Like, That's why are, the, it's like, why are you leaving me? Oh, extreme sports poly athlete. Yeah. <laughs> In this movie, everything like, is... I'm Tom Jane. Yeah. Everything in this movie is 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 solved in the writer's eye by like, extreme sports polyathlete. He's an extreme sports polyathlete. What are you going to do? Yeah. Because Ozaki 8. Well, I, I still don't understand what the point of the Ozaki 8 is. It's to honor the elements of nature. How are they doing that by doing any of this? By having a rockin' good extreme and time. <laughs> what does this have to do with stealing money? What does this have to do with the FBI? Why does anyone care? They don't. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of, there's some plot holes in this. Like, for, with the, the gang's philosophy, so the gang's philosophy in the original Point Break is flawed. They're, but you, you get it. Yeah. Because they, they want to have a good time and kind of be off the grid, as it were. And sort of, you know, they can live off... It was. It was. As it were. That's uh, that Hail Caesar scene. Oh, yeah. I forget the line. It's really funny. Um, Tell us how funny. <laughs> for, for comedy, pause this podcast and go look up that Hail Caesar scene where the guy says, as it were. Yeah. And laugh for a little bit and come back. Say your line exactly as I'm about to. Just as I'm about to do. Sure. Okay. Would that it were so simple? 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 My dear boy, why do you say that? Why do you say it were? Well, you should say it like I said. Yes. Would that it were so simple? 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 Watch my mouth. Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? Keep your head still. Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? Um. So, what was I saying? Uh, the philosophy... Does it even matter? Yes, the philosophy of the original Oh, of like break. the Ozaki. Oh, the original Point Break. They're like, they're guys, they want to live off the grid and sort of, you know, be, and not, you know, be subject to the man and to the laws of, of men and sort of like have their own thing, and just have a good time all the time. And Bodhi sort of in the original believes that like, he he really values that. It's That's kind of all it is, but he he places a greater value on it in a sort of spiritual manner. Mm-hmm. And this gang kind of does that too, but they try, they go a little bit too far with it and try to make it too deep where there's like real meaning behind what they're doing. And it doesn't quite make any sense. Yeah. Their philosophy doesn't make me want to be like, teach me about the, your ways it's, of the universe. Whereas yeah. with Patrick Swayze, it's like, teach me all of your ways of yeah, the Yeah, you definitely feel like, even though you know Patrick Swayze is in the wrong, especially toward the end of the movie, like, you you feel inspired when he talks about what he wants to do, like surfing yeah. the, you know, the Bell's Beach. And you're like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. I, I can Take get why someone would be, why Keanu Reeves would be attracted to that. Yes. Whereas in this, you don't get it. It's yeah. not an attract, it's, there's nothing attractive about it. And you don't feel, you know, the pull that Johnny Utah would have yeah. towards these people. You it's never really that it just isn't happening. And there is no sexiness to this body. No, and Edgar Ramirez I think can be sexy, but he has a haircut. And that is very very 
I think unattractive. It's a very <laughs> like imagine, you know, just some sort of like I don't know, just it's just a douchebag cut. Okay, it's like it's we, yeah. Mern and I kept on going. What's that long hair strand coming from? Yeah, he kind of has like. Uh, he kind of has like a shaved side of the head thing, but it's not super shaved all the way. It's kind of just short. He has like short hair. It's it's like a hair pie kind of thing. Like he has short hair in some places, long hair in other places. It's just kind of all over the place. Is that, is that place. what pie is? I think I was making a reference that probably no very few people would get. It's from a show called Nathan Barley, where uh, the character played by Julian Barrett from The Mighty Boosh. He gets paint poured on his head, and then he he hangs around like these cool hipster guys, and they think it's the cool new haircut, and it's called hair pie. Anyway, <laughs> it's also, okay. which is also <laughs> slang for female genitalia. Oh. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have gone into this whole thing, but anyway, it's a weird looking haircut. We're hitting a real niche audience here. I just had, I felt, you know, since I said it, I was like, yeah. oh, I just got to explain yeah, it all no, the way because people want to know. I appreciate it. So, Jessa, you're a hairstylist. What would you say if someone came in and said, give me the Point Break 2015 Bodhi style? It really wouldn't be that, that, <laughs> like, I'd be like, okay. I, I, you would be shocked. At the amount of times people have come in and said, give me the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> give me, and I kid you not, give me the Joe Dirt. Yeah. The so, Peaky Blinders was formerly the Boardwalk Empire, right? I don't think oh, so. Oh, is that a different thing? Yeah. Okay. No, because uh, Peaky Blinders, they have shape sides and they have, an, they have a disconnected undercut, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Boardwalk Empire, I'm pretty sure it's just like 1920s. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. But... But for the sake of playing in this space, yeah, play with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the, oh, I wanted to mention the rest of the gang. We get Roach from you know, same as the original. We get Gromit, same as the original. But we have a little a bit of a replacement for the uh, the fourth gang member. Instead of Nathaniel, we get Chowder. 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 Chowder is the fourth gang member, and he is a real chowder head. As, you know, he must he loves chowder. I assume that, that's why he's called chowder. Yeah, we we never see him eat any, but I'm sure it's just off screen. No, I'm gonna get a little blue here. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, Jessa. <laughs> is oh. uh, chowder slang for like jizz or something? Not that I've heard, but like, I wouldn't mm, put. Look it... at that chowdery jizz. Look at that chowder pouring out. That's really gross. Um, yeah. I don't like, like it. Like chunky. No, thank you. Very bad. Don't do it. Um, uh, but no, I, I could imagine that being slang for it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I can imagine someone may have used that at some point, but not in my not in my circle of pals when we I'm talk glad. about jizzing <laughs> and all those slang yeah. terms. Like, how's your chowder doing today? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. That's the, how. That's how. That's how. Boy pals talk, right? <laughs> yeah, we talk about jizzing. <laughs> you know, we talk about the last time we jizzed. Uh, what it looked like, the consistency to is. Next time, yeah, what it looked like. You know, it's, a, it's actually a good way to make sure we're all healthy, you know? Yeah. If it's inconsistent, if there's like, you know, if it's lumpy or something, God forbid, or, or bloody, you want your friends to know about that. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you started this, Jessa. You started this. I'm so sorry to just, all of our listeners. That was just a game of chicken to like see how, how much we could gross each other out. Oh, goodness. I don't know. If, I don't know. I might have to cut that out. 
We'll see. Um, so Chowder is one of the gang members. Yeah. This episode, this is going to be a longer episode than the last one we recorded. <laughs> we... It very well could be. Anyway, um, yeah, so they're on the boat. And this is where we meet Samsara, mm. who is the Tyler Ann replacement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no Tyler Ann in this movie. Instead, there's fucking Samsara. Samsara is played by Teresa Palmer. Also known as No Eyebrows McGee. She is made up to look very like a crunchy hippie, but, you know, she's still cool. She's still hot. You know, they don't go that far with it. Um, and uh, our friend Johnny Utah, Luke Bracey, meets her, and she, because she's so crazy, that's what she does, Jessa. What? She She jumps into the water. Oh my god, she's so wild. She does it like such without any prompting. Spirit. She doesn't even say anything. She just kind of does it because she's so free. She's just such a free spirit. <laughs> she jumps into the water, and Johnny Utah, like he's like, oh man, I, don't, I gotta fall this I got... babe down to the depths. And they, he jumps in, and they have a real old mermaid time of it. They're like they a grab... couple of, yeah, they grab rocks underwater. <laughs> they grab rocks to <laughs> pull themselves further into the briny depths which is terrifying to me yeah this whole scene i'm like oh my god please please come up for air you're going way too far down yeah they're they're under there for a while and they go really far down like you know a good 30 40 feet it seemed like and they're they're swimming around and they're just beautiful fish people yeah and it's a very cheesy scene but it really affected Murrin. it it, it really did. It's uh, it's the only thing I can just do now. God. <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be horrible. This is just on my my brain now. Um, but it's it's a real James Cameron jerk off scene. Uh, James Cameron is in love with the ocean, so he was he would have really liked this. He likes people being underwater. The abyss. Um, so uh, then we get uh, the next day. Um, we're they they drop him off in a train station in Paris, which I actually didn't remember, but I'm reading it off the synopsis. <laughs> and uh, apparently they, they had a conversation, and he said, like, if you're serious about this man, they, they kind of have a conversation about, you know, whether he's, like, a serious athlete or serious about the Ozaki 8 or whatever. It's it's a bunch of macho bullshit. And he says, like, okay, if you're serious about this, meet up with us and at this one place at this time. And it turns out to be an underground fighting ring. Okay. Can I just say something here? Yes. Fight Club. You have the floor. Thank you. Fight Club and Point Break are two of the most, like, homoerotic, like, you know, there's just this sexy tension the entire time. And this movie has none of that. So why bring up Fight Club? It's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to be thinking about a better movie. Or do I want to be thinking about a better movie? Like, I just want to go watch Fight Club or I want to go watch... Yeah, it's always a bad sign when a bad movie reminds you of a better movie. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, oh, I wish I was watching that. Yeah, this, this scene, Luke Bracey and Edgar Ramirez end up, like, fighting to, just, like, see who's the bigger man. And it's not sexy. It's not sexy. Luke Bracey takes off his shirt. He has a bunch of tattoos that look like they were just sharpied on. But Edgar Ramirez doesn't take he off He doesn't his even shirt. take off his shirt. Like, what movie okay. are you no in? No shoes, no shirt, we ne- no way. We never, see, we never see Edgar Ramirez shirtless in this, do we? Maybe it's in his contract. It might be. I mean, I, I respect if he, you know, if that's something he just doesn't want to do. But I mean, if he doesn't want to do that, then I'd rather Why he not in be movie? in Point Break. Exactly. <laughs> it's about being a shirtless. It's about shirtlessness. Um, 
you got to see the two male leads shirtless in Point Break. Um, so we get that, and then after he does that, they're kind of like, oh, I guess you know, I guess he's serious about this. And then we get to the next uh, Ozaki Eight, which is Life of Wind, and they're gonna go base jumping off the Alps. And they're climbing up, and they have some shenanigans. This is where we kind of get, like, the philosophical bullshit from Edgar mm-hmm. Ramirez about why he's doing this. It doesn't make no. really make any sense. It, it's not really, you know, it's not compelling. They get to the top. Uh, it turns out Johnny Utah had a rock in his bag the whole time because those guys were tooling with they're them. They're goofs. They're such goobers. And they say something like, always check your bag, man. Like, Really? Is that a thing? And then you would think... Do you have to check your bag? You would think that would come back. Like, I was like, oh, that's going to come back. He's going to not have a parachute or something. Yeah, they could have referenced it in some cool way. No, No. it doesn't. We also, at this point, while they're climbing up the mountain, they, like, camp out halfway up this peak, and we get the point break line. They talk about the dangers of base jumping off a cliff, because the dangers are you could hit a rock and die. Uh, If you don't... If you don't... If you don't feel the wind... Yeah, so he's like... I think like uh I think Roach says this um and uh he says like you you know you reach that point and he just says what point the point where you break but he has like a german accent it's just like the point where you break and that's what point break means in this movie it's just the it's the breaking point they should have called it the breaking point but I think that's already a movie um so they base jump off the alps and they when they base jump they make sounds like jet planes yeah they look like they look so silly it's like it's the flying squirrel suit they look like a bunch of flying squirrels silly with helmets on making jet noises (laughs) (laughs) and they do that and it's you know it's beautiful scenery but uh not particularly compelling, but my probably my favorite part of this movie is at the end of this when they all finish and they're all alive and you just really get the feeling that they're like, oh my god, we survived that crazy stunt that we just did, and they all like hug each other and have a good time and like that's what the original Point Break is about. That's like the one moment where I got like, okay, I can see why this Johnny character would be into these guys because yeah. they're like they have yeah. a real love there. Yeah, yeah, but this is the only scene where you really get that. The rest of the time, they kind of seem disconnected. And then uh, we see Samsara again. They go back to their cottage. And she's literally, like, climbing a boulder. She's climbing a boulder just to show that, like, yeah, she does this stuff too, but she wasn't doing the base jumping because she has to stay back and, like, cook dinner for him, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it was a little weird. It seemed a little sexist to have, like, oh, she's the girl, so she has to stay back and keep house. But she still climbs. She still does rock climbing, so she's yeah. cool. And then, uh, you know, we get some Bodhi, not Bodhi, Johnny, Samsara, you know, bullshit, walking through the meadow, creating a deeper connection. We find out why his name is Johnny Utah. Why is that, Jessa? Did you think that maybe it was because his last name was Brigham? That's what we thought. And so therefore Brigham Young, Utah, No. It's because... He's part Ute Indian. This is, yes. This is the most dated part of this movie to me. This is a movie that came out in 2015, and they're still doing the, like, yeah, I'm a white guy, but I'm part, I'm part Native American. Yeah. And that, you know, and that's where my nickname comes from. It's just, it's just part of who I am, you know? It's a part of my identity. It's like, no, he's, he's a white Australian man. I mean, maybe he has some Aborigine, I don't know, but, like, it's, he looks very, very white and very blonde. I'm, 
the only only thing I'm thinking of is the reason why they had to give him a stupid fucking backstory for his last name is all the times that we've had a guest on and they've gone, his name is fucking Johnny Utah. And now yeah, the writers like a- decided they wanted to give it a backstory about why his name sounds like freaking like Disney Channel directed to Disney Channel movie. Yeah, that's that's the, they do that with a lot of things in this movie. They like have to come up with like, well, what's the real story behind this? Yeah, like Roach's real name is something like something Roachson or Rocher Rocherson. Might as well have been. Yeah, they're they they probably had that in like a cut scene. Like they explained what all their nicknames mean and the stuff like you know why they're doing their extreme sports. Like in in the Point Break, they they surf because they love to surf. Mm-hmm. But in this, like, no, he's surfing because he has to complete a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's why. And he, and he believes in, like, ecology. It's, ah, uh, uh, I say to you. Yeah. So then we head back to the boat. The, and we, we meet uh, their, um, their benefactor. They have a benefactor in this. The gang yeah. has a sponsor named uh, Al Farik. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty cool rich guy. He's, like, an eccentric rich guy. He has the yacht. And uh, we go back to this big party on the yacht, uh, which uh, includes a DJ. DJ Steve! DJ Steve! Which is played in uh, by real-life DJ Steve Aoki, who mm-hmm. I uh, am not familiar with, but yeah. I think I've heard the name. Um, and then we get more uh, Samsara. Um, I keep wanting to call him Bodhi, but that's the other character. Yeah. Uh, and they, ha- they do it. I don't know. Not at this point. Really? Yeah. How is that later? Yeah, they fuck after Chowder dies. Oh, I forgot the next challenge. The next challenge, this was later. I skipped ahead. The next challenge is Life of Ice. And they go snowboarding. And that's pretty much it. I guess it's like really steep and there's some rocks, but it's basically just snowboarding. Um, And uh, this is the point where they're like, some of the gang is like, oh, this looks too dangerous. We might die. But Utah just goes for it because he is the most extreme poly sports extreme athlete of all. He just does it. He doesn't care, you know, because his friend died. Yeah. It's because his friend died. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, so he goes down, and then they they kind of follow him. And then Chowder, poor Chowder. R.I.P. He bites it. He falls off a cliff, and he dies. We cared so much. Uh, and this is where we get the recurring of the theme, where Utah is like, oh, he was following my line, so it's my fault that he died. And then this this sentiment I kind of thought was interesting that like it kept coming up and Bodhi's like no man he was he made his choice to follow so it's not on you mm-hmm. you're all we're all in charge of our own fates mm-hmm. it, it was it was his choice to make that and, and he he beefed it so don't don't feel don't pull he have that guilt done beefed it he done beefed it that's what that's what I want them to say at my funeral mm-hmm. you know what my last words are gonna be hey watch this Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm such a daredevil, I'm yeah. going to be like driving some car off a cliff or I don't know. That's that's so me. Uh so yeah, we do that and that's when we go back to the party with Alpha Reek and DJ Steve and they're, you know, this is how they honor Trouter's death. They have a they have a trance party. Um yeah. and this is when Utah and Samsara finally bone and he jizzes. Mm-hmm. This, we assume we don't see it, so you know maybe he didn't. But just a chowdery mess <laughs> in the spirit of chowder. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you're gonna play chicken with me with this. Okay. I'm gonna. Well, I won last time. You won this time. Uh, <laughs> they do it, and then they have more more of a conversation, and we get uh, the reveal that um, 
In fact, Ozaki of the Ozaki 8 did not die performing the third challenge, as we thought. He performed the third challenge, and he could have done all eight. He was that good, according to Samsara. He died trying to give back to the environment. He was trying to protect some whales from a whaling ship. Hmm. And the whaling ship ran him over. But on that boat with him was a younger person, and who knows who that might be. We don't know. Uh, maybe Bodhi. It was Bodhi. So next... We're just getting through this. Yeah. <laughs> next, we go to the next challenge. Uh, this is no, actually, not the next challenge. This is the next. Th- this is where they start giving back. They want to detonate a gold mine to collapse it in, so to like give the gold back, back to, to the, the earth, earth. Which, like, blowing up rocks and creating an avalanche, isn't like helping the environment. No. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> um. But it's, this is what they're doing. And uh, we get this sort of cool, like, truck scene where they're driving trucks and there's dirt bikes with bombs on them and they're planting the bombs. And then this is where Utah breaks. This is where he reaches his breaking point. <laughs> yeah. The point is going to break. Yeah. And this is where he pulls, you know, he, he's worried about these truck drivers, these miners are going to die. So he pulls out and like, Johnny, Utah, FBI, put your hands up, Bodie. And Bodie's just like, whatever. He's Bo- I'm Bodhi. What are you going to do, man? And he sort of just continues, and I think the miners end up dying. Yeah. And this is where we get a dirt bike chase through the woods. Yeah. Uh, Utah's chasing Bodhi, and uh, they're driving through the woods. It's really dangerous. They're going real fast. And then Utah beefs it. Bodhi says, like, if you, I knew you were a cop all along, man. He's like, Utah's like, if you knew I was a cop, why did you let me come along with you? He's like, because I thought I could save you. <gasps> and then we get the classic point break moment where Johnny Utah is going to shoot Boaty. Boaty? <laughs> he's Boaty. <laughs> he, he has many boats. So he is Boaty. Uh, and he's going to shoot him, but then he can't. And he fires into the air repeatedly. Wastes a bunch of ammo. And it's totally unearned in this movie. You don't get the connection between them, so you don't understand why. Like, you're just kind of like, well, why didn't he just shoot him in the leg or something? Why like, didn't he just not do any of this? Is my question. Yeah, it's not good. It's real forced. So Bodhi gets away. Uh, and then uh, Utah sort of returns back to the FBI to regroup. Uh, Pappas has been doing some stuff here and there. It doesn't really matter. He's uh, not a character. He's in this not movie. a character. It's just he's just there because there has to be a character named Pappas. Yeah. Uh, he like admonishes Utah for some of his actions, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so he goes back and Delroy Lindo, and they're all kind of like planning. And he's like, Utah has a scene where he's like looking at pictures and thinking, and suddenly he has an epiphany. He knows where they're going to be next. So then they sort of make this plan. They go and they're like robbing a bank or something in yeah, France or Italy. Europe in Italy. Okay, um, on a mountaintop. Yeah, yeah. They, they have this line where they're like, they're gonna rob this bank, and it's like, well, on this day, all the branches are closed except for the one on top of a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> because that makes sense. <laughs> so they they follow. Like, oh. Yeah, go ahead. They're like nobody would be as crazy you know crazy enough to rob this mountaintop bank that's just silly and he's like i know somebody who's just crazy enough or something like that they also had the line like it might get ugly if we do this and delroy lindo says son ugly is what we do 
it just makes no sense. FBI. <laughs> so they go up there and they kind of have like this shootout scene, more motorcycles, more car chases. It's okay. And uh, I think this is where a couple of the, the other uh, gang member dies. We get one of them dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Roach, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they In the shootout. And then uh, Bodhi escapes um, and he's on a, a motorcycle and Utah is running after him. And they uh, they meet up on a gondola coming down the mountain. And uh, Utah, they, they kind of scuffle on the gondola, and Utah shoots Bodhi. But it's, In the head. But it's not Bodhi. <gasps> it's Samsara. She was with them all along. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Samsara, how could you? So he's heartbroken for, like, a few seconds, and then we kind of move on. Uh... And then he's like, okay, Bodhi escaped again. Where is he going to be this time? Well, Bodhi, it turns out, is from Venezuela. Huh. Just, just like, like the actor. Just like the actor Edgar Ramirez. So that's kind of a nice shout out for him. And also in Venezuela is Angel Falls. And uh, Angel Falls is like the tallest waterfall in the world. Oh. I think it's the tallest one. And like, Vic- I always get this confused. There's Angel Falls in Venezuela and Victoria, Victoria Falls. Falls, but I think Victoria Falls is like the widest, the wide, or like the most, the most water or something like that. Mm. Because Niagara Falls is wide, mm-hmm. but no, Victoria. Yeah, I think Victoria Falls is like the biggest. You're a real waterfall. You can you expert. can Google it if you're curious. I'm not gonna do that anyway. Angel Falls, really tall, lots of water, lots of rock, and. uh Bodhi is doing the last ordeal, which is like a trust or it's called something about trust. And basically the idea is he has to like free solo rock climb with his last gang member. Mm-hmm. Gromit. I think it's Gromit Probably. at this point. Uh, so he's trying to climb up and it's super scary. I really don't like the idea of free solo climbing. <laughs> You're just tempting fate. I really don't like heights, uh, but they're doing that. And Johnny catches up with him and he's climbing after him and they're mm-hmm. all amazing rock climbers mm-hmm. because they're extreme sports polyathletes of course yeah um so we get at this point uh they're climbing up and we get a moment where gromit um is following Bodhi, but he just can't get his next grip and he's hanging off by one hand and he just has to fall mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a nice moment yeah uh where we see him just sort of you know he just there's no choice but to just let go he has no other choice so he's going to choose to just let go and he has like the B movie equivalent of See You in Another Life, brother. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. It's it's good for this movie. Um, and then Bodhi continues. Uh, Utah's ch- chasing him, and then we find out that the real challenge was not climbing the rock. The real challenge was jumping off. <gasps> and one of the most crazy things that happens this is, is the, the least realistic moment of the movie. They fall off of this insane waterfall it's a few hundred feet at least and plummet down into this water all the force of the waterfall is like like, it's like a immediate it's like a small river almost a stream (laughs) yeah it's just like beating them and they fall onto these like it's like rocky and deep and they would be dead it's rocky here you said my name. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Jessa doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> no. 
I'm sorry. I can't play with you in this moment. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, they fall. I'm sorry. Very. I forgive you. Kiss? No, we're not going to do that on the podcast. <laughs> we'll have our kissy time later. So they fall down, and it's very far, and they both survive because it's a movie. Uh, Utah's At like, least we think Bodhi survived. Oh, maybe he didn't. We don't know where he is. But Utah just kind of like comes up from the water. He like maybe lost consciousness for like a minute, but he's pretty much fine. He like maybe tore his cheek off, but the rest of him's okay. He's like no broken bones, no anything. No, he's fine. Uh, and then the other, we we don't know where Bodhi went. And then we cut to the classic, and you know, in reference to the original, seventeen months later or whatever, and uh, it's you know somewhere else in the world. And Utah's on a uh, helicopter, and we see a boat down in the ocean, and there's these big swells because Utah knows where all the big swells are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big swells. Uh, and then we see this boat, and he you know sort of repels down onto it, and then we get Bodhi. He's on the boat. He's going to complete the Ozaki 8 because what happened before, I don't think I explained this, is uh, Utah prevented him from doing the water challenge because he chose to save his life. Mm-hmm. So he needs to complete the water challenge now. So they have kind of have it out for a little bit, but then he's like, okay, just go. And he gets on a surfboard. He like throws a brick on the accelerator of the boat or whatever. I guess they don't really have gas pedals. They have like the lever thing. Mm-hmm. He lashes the the tiller, as you will. And he gets on a surfboard and he surfs off to his presumed death, I guess. Because yeah. that's that's what's supposed to happen in Point Break. And can I can I just read what Wikipedia has written as the last line of this synopsis? Yes. The Please, w- the floor is yours. The waif engulfs Bodhi. And you the waif? The waif engulfs Bodhi. Oh, oh, Bodhi. I'm just a waif. <laughs> the wave engulfs Bodhi. And Utah continues his career in the FBI and begins going through his own eight ordeals. I didn't get that from the end of this movie. I don't think anybody did. I think this is just the what? Wikipedia author's yeah, th- decision. This, this actually isn't that specific. Uh, we don't. What actually happens at the end? I guess you can assume this, extrapolate it, if you will. Uh, we cut to <laughs> the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Bodhi has come home. Is like, is he from Utah? I don't know. Is also Bodhi didn't come home. What What, what do you mean? I mean, you, you said Bodhi comes home. I mean, U- Utah. Okay. I meant to say Utah. I keep doing that. Utah comes home, I guess, to his his namesake, Utah, the state, and he's on one of the, he's on a big mountain and he's snowboarding. So I guess that's the beginning of his eight ordeals. But it, I I just thought that he was like, oh, I guess. I just thought he was having a good time Me snowboarding. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's he's you know taking some time for himself. You know, he's he's been through a lot. Huh. I guess a lot. I guess what he's been through was, you know, a lot of snowboarding and surfing and stuff. But that's what he likes to do. That's all he knows now. I, I, I guess I just got the like. Okay, he's returning to his extreme sports polyathlete roots now that he's gone through this. But I don't know. Maybe he's gonna do do the whole. Uh, he do the Ozaki Eight himself now. Yeah. Huh. What's your Ozaki Eight? I don't know. That's the question for you out there. What's your Ozaki Eight? What do you mean? Think about that, will you? Like, 
what's an ordeal? You know what I mean. (laughs) So that's Point Break 2015. We watched it so you don't have to. That's that's true. Uh, You really don't have to. Uh, That's my recommendation. You don't have to watch this. Yeah, surprise, we hated it. I I didn't hate it because it just wasn't enough there to hate, but I think you kind of hated it. I hated it. Jessa hated it. I Thanks, hated I hate it. it. Uh so yeah, it's this movie is I don't I can't think of how they could have done it well. There's no need to remake Point Break. There's, Point Break is perfect. Point Break is just what it should be. It's just exactly what it's supposed to be, so there's no point in doing it again. There, there are all sorts of things in the script, like, you know, explaining why they're doing these sports, explaining why his name's Utah, where they're like, oh, we can we can improve on this. It's like the whole prequel thing of like, well, where did Darth Vader come from? We have to we have to explore this. Where did Han Solo come from? We need to we need to know what Han Solo was doing when he was about 10 years younger. Otherwise, it won't make sense. You know, for all the, the point break averse fans out there. Are just just waiting to hear what the next like installment in the Point Break canon will yeah, be. Yeah, the Point Break extended universe is vast. They, you know, Timothy Zahn writes all sorts of novels about the side characters. There's a whole series of books on uh, Fifteen from the Surf Shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole series of books on uh, you know Ty- the Tyler Ann's daughter series. You know, mm-hmm. she has a daughter who uh, then goes on to marry Fifteen later on. And they have their whole they have their whole adventures going. They they have like an abyss style adventure, where they go underwater and do some exploration there. James Cameron's in talks to direct the film adaptation. Uh, so yeah, I mean this movie really breaks a lot of that. And they uh, um, they said they wanted to like you know the the extended Point Break universe doesn't exist for this movie, and you know fans are outraged. I hate it. All right, I think that's about all we have to say. Yeah. I we're doing Point Break still. I'm really excited to get back to real Point Break, the real gritty nitty gritty Point Break. Yeah, we've quite a few episodes in the in the bank. We've had some really great uh, guests on. Um, we'll continue recording, uh, getting more great guests. Yes, I, please. If you want to be a guest, email pointbreakminute at gmail dot com. We'll, we'll we'll have you on unless you're a creep or a weirdo. If you're a weirdo, we'll have you on. If you're a creep, we won't. But if weirdos, yes. Um, we're going to continue with it. Uh, it's, you know, podcasting's it's it's a hard lifestyle. Uh, and it's certainly taken its toll on us. As I keep saying, life uh, keeps getting in the way. But we're determined to finish, and we will. Life, uh, it finds a way. <laughs> That's your, uh, I like that your impression of that line is like a surfer dude. That's that's what Jeff Goldblum does. Yeah. Man, Jeff Goldblum could have been in this. But I say that about every movie. Yeah. Anyway, we'll catch you on the flip side. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been great. It's It's been grand. Any any last words, Jessa? Just give me thank one you more shot. if you've made it this far. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've been going, oh, we kept it under an hour. Look at that. Look at that. Let's stop now before it gets past an hour. Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. Bye.